Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I want to thank you for listening to the Negative to Positive, which is brought to you by our good neighbors at State Farm. If you know me, you know I'm all about the real deal with State Farm. You get the real deal. Great service and surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> There's no losing, only learning. I have the responsibility to make sure that you guys are well represented. There's no failure, only opportunities. Anytime you see me, you can say, oye, ese tipo tiene su pasado. And there's no problems, only solutions. Pero mira lo que está haciendo con su vida. He took it from a negative to a positive, and that's what's representing us now. This is from negative to positive. Tell your chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know that we're reporting live from, yes, Slam, public charter school in one of my old neighborhoods in Miami, Little Havana. I got the beautiful, sophisticated, very sharp Jennifer Valdez. Hello. Yeah, we're playing musical chairs this time. Now. <laughs> next time. I'm not, not for nothing. I, I like you better next to me. Than Paul, <laughs> oh, Paul. And then the one, the only, wow. the legend, the living legend, wow. DJ Laz. That right there, friends. Thank you very much. And and today, who we got on on the podcast on on negative to positive? And for me, it's it's amazing to have him here because you know all of us I feel share similar stories on how we've uh, come up and found a way to take the word no. You're crazy. It's impossible. It'll never work. I don't know what you're thinking. You should have. You, you'll never become that. And he took it and has taken it to a whole nother level. And um, this is a person that has not only revolutionized what it is, fashion, how to take it from the street to uh, the corporate ladder and still keep it street and hustled his whole way through. And then took that same hustle on to Shark Tank now, which they're now on 12 seasons. And I was actually there when they first started talking about it, which we wow. will talk about. So I want to say thank you to our next guest, Damon John. I appreciate you for being here, my friend. Thank you. What's happening? What's up, Dan? Everything up? good. Yeah! You already know. It We're is about to get into it. Oh, man, that's, that's good to hear, man. So, D, first of all, where are you reporting from? I'm from Cole. I'm, I'm in Cole, New York. I'm upstate New York in the middle of the woods, and it is freezing up here. Well, I wish I could say the same, but we're not. Sunny, <laughs> <laughs> beautiful South Florida. Yeah, you know, it, it, for Miami folks, for us to, it, it's cold when it hits about 70. <laughs> Yeah. As you see, I already got a little jacket on. It's maybe like yeah. no, it's 25 72. degrees here right now. Woo! Woo! That's when, that's when you know, the, it, your, your, oh, you. your testicles go and become raisins. <laughs> it's like, man, where are these things? What are this? What is what's going on right now? Uh. Look at D. That's <laughs> like, uh. Nah, man, but hey, enough of the, the playing around. I wanted to get you on so that you could tell your story on how you took FUBU and which is for everybody out there that doesn't know, stands for us, by us, all right? How you took FUBU with the team, took it to a whole nother level, right? And revolutionized what it was, I would say, urban streetwear. And because you guys were one of the first ones to be able to take it to major department stores and make it, because it's one thing to put out a line, it's another to make it culture. 100%. And that's what FUBU was. And I also would love for you to talk, talk about the hustles that you had where, where, where it was with LL Cool J and when he... Rapped about it in a Gap commercial. So basically gave you a look on a Gap commercial. I'd love for you to talk about that. And then we'll get into as far as I know you have Black Entrepreneur Day. We'll talk about the books. And then we'll talk about how you flipped it into into Shark Tank, man, which is one of the biggest shows literally in the world right now. Congratulations on that. People ask me all the time, well, Armando, una preguntiga. Quick question. You an original recipe guy or are you an extra crispy guy? And I tell them that's not just one way to be. 
You can't just be one-way artist, a one-way businessman. I like all the flavors because I'm a man that knows all the flavors. Feed your whole crew with KFC, let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. Pero mi madre, que rico. It's a home-cooked meal. You don't even have to cook. <laughs> you know, on negative to positive, we always talk about striving and achievement. And Colonel Sanders was more than just a cook. He was an entrepreneur. He was driven. He was rejected. And mind you, the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> que rico. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for supporting me in it and Always. being on some of the, actually on one of the early episodes and people are like, wow, this is not just for the stuffy. This is for people who want to be brands and understand it. Right. And, 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 and they got all kind of people on here. So thank you for being part of it. So I, you know, I'll just jump really into it. And it, yeah. it's a long story, so I, I don't want to make it long. I want to make it as short as possible. And then we can just <laughs> un- open it up, you know, and unravel it. But for the audience who's listening and stuff, um, you know, right around when I when I was a kid, my my parents my parents' life happened when I was around ten years old, and my father would leave. I would never speak, see or speak to him ever again. Mm. And I decided to become the man of the house at ten years old. No brothers, no sisters. I didn't want to see my mother work that hard. And often during the winter, you know, when it was like it is now in New York, you know, for a week at a time, we wouldn't either have electricity or we wouldn't have gas. One or the other. We could never have both. We never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was only <laughs> one way or another having to bathe out of a pot that you, that you, that you put on the stove to, uh, you know, um, but, you know, I, I just wanted to always work and I wanted to take care of my mother. I don't think anybody wants to see their mother work that hard. But right. there was this as, as if we want to talk in the lingo of today, there was this new emerging technology that was coming out and it was called hip hop. You know, right. And it was, uh, you know, at, at that time when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, I never saw what was happening in the streets of Miami and Little Havana or in the streets of Compton because they didn't show that on the six o'clock news. But. Through this new form of music, kids didn't have to play an instrument or harmonize, and they were communicating through this music about their hopes, their dreams, their loves, their aspirations, police violence, everything else. And I realized that people, you know, all around the country, all around the world had the same plight that I have. And yep. hip hop, as you know, ain't, ain't something that you live, I mean, listen to, it's something you live. It came right. with a way to walk, talk, and dress. I don't care if you want to call it ebonics, bebopping, or whatever the case was. <laughs> um, and every time we would buy clothes, you know, there was a functional reason we were buying clothes back in the days as kids who were hip hop. If you were break dancing or pop and you needed the pants to come down really tight on the bottom so they wouldn't hit during a windmill. Or if you only had one red pair of jeans and you wanted to stay clean and look clean, you iron them things every week. But then, you know, you sometimes don't catch the mark. So now you got 30 lines in your red jeans that look crazy. So what do you do? You go and get a pinstripe all the way down it, you know, like you you sew a little line down. So anyway, it came with a, a way to to look. And, and if, if Pitt, you was walking across the street and I was walking on the other side, and I didn't know you, but I saw you rocking something a certain way. I knew what you listened to. I, I knew the clubs you yep. wanted to be. I knew the cars you wanted to drive and all that kind of stuff. And it was a way that we were communicating without having to communicate. Yes, sir. But I found that these designers that we were buying from, with, and maybe it was a rumor at that time. I don't know, but they didn't like black people. They didn't like Latinos. They didn't like hip hop kids. They didn't like kids from inner city. You know what? I'm making a pair of 32. So why the hell are you buying a pair of 36? I don't want you to do it. I'm going to take your money, but I ain't going to mess with you. And I got offended 
at that. Yeah. You know, companies like Timbaland were like, well, we don't make our boots for drug dealers. Well, if you technically make the best boot in the world, you selling it to construction workers or hikers, you shouldn't be making a pair of Kiwi or strawberry Timberlands. You're making it for us. You know what I mean? So I came up with an idea. I'm going to come up with a company called Forest Bias. It's, it's not about only a color. It's about a culture because I didn't want to be a bigot the same way they were. I would dress third base. I would dress Beastie Boys. I didn't care who what the color was. long as you was ill and you was somebody we could respect on the street. And I remember it was 1989. Good Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon. I stayed home. I made some hats that looked like a, a ski cap without the ball on top. It's a tie on the top, and I saw it in a De La Soul video. I had someone and I went out, and I stood on that corner. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-nine. Good Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon. I, I sold eight hundred dollars worth of hats. The stocking caps, you saying? Stocking caps. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. saying to myself, I made these hats with my own hands. With my ability to sell them, and I am never going to work for anybody else after this for the rest of my life. Okay, so what? I had to get a job at Red Lobster for five years. <laughs> at, least the, at, least the, at least the idea was there. At least it was Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't cool. You know, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I was inspired by uh, a guy named Carl Kanai and a company called Cross Colors Prior. So I'm not the one who created this market. And it was me seeing somebody else who look like me, like a lot of the kids right now are looking at you, they're looking at gender, but they're looking at, at everybody and they say, wow, I can actually achieve this goal. But I didn't know that goal until I saw that happening. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. I grew up where, and you know, a lot of my buddies, uh, Irv Gotti and Hype Williams, and all our buddies yes. around us were the people that they made the movie Belly about. Yeah. So most of the people around my neighborhood were Supreme and Cauley and, and, and the guys they made the movie Belly about. They were drug dealers. So when it wasn't fly at that time to make clothes. Design, the black design weren't fly. I was perceived as gay, which is not a problem in anybody's sexual preference. But at that time, you thought a designer was somebody like Lagerfeld or somebody like that who was French or, or, or Italian. Them, yeah. So when Katz was telling me, yo, we got to go over here and take this bag. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to do that. They'd be like, yo, we got to go move these rocks. I'd be like, nah, yo, dog, I just got this strawberry pattern and I'm about to go home and make some shirts. This day. <laughs> uh, and sell these stocking caps. <laughs> and make 800 in one day. <laughs> yo, D, D up there knitting scarves? We're trying, to, we're trying to. So they stopped talking to me. Oh, man. But I found other people. I found other dudes who was like, Oh, nah. Hold on, homeboy. I see the hustle, yeah. yeah. I see the hustle, but not only that, when we go to a video set and they kick everybody else off, they be like, yo, I'm just, I'm over here dressing the artist, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm up there hollering at the video chicks. I'm eating the free food. Yeah. I'm watching <laughs> L and all them perform. I'm, and, you know, I'm from Hollis, Queens. So who comes from Hollis, Queens? Um, like LL Cool J, Run DMC, Salt and Pepper, Lost Boys, Tribe Called Quest, yes. Onyx, uh, everybody, Keith Sweat, Irv Gotti, um, yeah. 50 Cent, Ja Rule. I was yeah. on all kind of video sets. I was having a good time watching the world's most famous artists or the most as famous artists as far as I'm concerned. Do they think? Getting my hustle on and slowly but surely I was doing something I love and I was slowly building um, something that I never thought I would be able to accomplish. Um, but I blinked my eye and 10 or 15 years passed and all of a sudden I had a global brand. Now, you and I can go back and forth over to the hardships because there was plenty, yeah. plenty of hardships. But that's the origin of my story. And, uh, you know, it, it was just an amazing time. And I, and I found a passion and drive that at the, at the time it wasn't popular to be that person. Um, but you know, that's what you got to think about something that you really love and you want to do. 
you got to find the people that believe in that, mm. not the people who tell you that that's whack. You yeah. know, right. today's episode is brought to you by Clorox, which we call a Cloro. When it comes, you know, when it counts, uh, trust Clorox. <laughs> Always. That's something we all grew up with. I mean, you hear me laughing because that's all we hear coming up as a little kid. Oye, coge cloro. Ten cuidado con el cloro. Oye, cloro. Coge cloro para limpiar eso. It was just something that was uh, always needed, always used, and always trusted. You know, the same way that, that we trust those on the front line right now in these crazy times to give us the right care for our families, we've, we trust Clarks or El Cloro to give us a safe, protected home. <laughs> I said again, El Cloro, because I want to make sure that when you guys listen to this, you guys know in Spanish what El Cloro means. Make sure everything is disinfected. You know, growing up, if you're from the Latin community, Latin culture, or para todos los latinos afuera, tú sabes lo que estoy hablando cuando hablo del cloro. So, cuando, para que todo esté claro, usa cloro. <laughs> that means so that everything is clear, always use Clorox. In my family, they've always used it to disinfect everything, and, and there's a reason for that. It's important for me to share how to make sure that your loved ones are safe. And that's why I say, when it counts, trust Clorox. I, I agree, uh, you know, 150,000 percent. And it's funny when you speak about things such as uh, uh, cross colors and Carl Kanai. And I, I used to wear the fake cross colors, actually, when I used to live in, in, uh, in, in Carroll City. It's called Revolve. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you could get at the Carroll Mart. You know, you could get Carole, it's a flea market down off of, off of 183rd Street. But it's true what you said. You could look at somebody and you knew that, all right, no matter where you're from, what you represent, no, how, how can I say, no matter uh, color, creed, uh, race, religion. ethnicity, religion, it don't matter. You're like, okay, we listen to the same music and we relate to the same music because we're living the same life one way or another. And I tell people all the time, when it comes to the neighborhood, nobody cares if you're black, white, pink, purple, orange, Latin, Asian, you know, Italian, Jewish, it doesn't matter. Because the only thing when you're in the neighborhood, everybody respects one thing, the color green, and you all get along through poverty. That's how you end up helping each other. That becomes your culture. You're poor, I'm poor. It don't matter where we're from. Now let's so, figure out how to make it. Exactly. You know, if you got bread, I got sugar. If, if, you, if you're making a <laughs> stew, you're making a stew for the, you know, for the whole block or for the building or whatever it may be. So it, it, it's crazy how I would say now that fashion and what it's become it's it's almost like the opposite. It's hard to see who's really going through something or not sometimes. You know what I mean? Since it's become so popular, mm-hmm. right? I would say. But c- clearly you guys were a part of that. And when I speak about that commercial, so for nobody, didn't, uh, they don't know about it. So LL Cool J did a Gap commercial. And that was pretty much the first time that they brought in, let's say, a quote unquote rapper. Yeah to do a commercial where he's rapping the whole time. And this commercial had to be running all the time. It had to be, I don't know what the campaign behind it, how many millions of dollars behind that gap put behind it, let's just say, right? And in the rap, he, he's wearing FUBU, and he's rapping about FUBU on a gap commercial. Wow. He says, for us, by us, and he puts it in the rhyme. Yeah. Now, how did you hustle that? Now, I wish, see, see, I think that that is the night and day difference of what you call a partner or an influencer. You know, we didn't know L was going to do that. And L, L at the point, you know, like we had created a movement and there was this frustration that people were having about people trying to exploit the culture that we love so yeah. much. And L, L felt that when he called them, that he ha- they had that coldness. Yeah. What, what, what's your name? LL Diddy. Whatever. Do wop. Yeah. Whatever you know, did he do? Just come do the come do the ad. And he was like, I know, but I got a funny shaped head. Can I wear this this hat that uh you know it's, 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 yeah, whatever, come on in. So he goes and he does a rhyme and he says in the rhyme, for us, by us, on the low. Because yeah. he, he does a cappello. Now, all those people who didn't understand the culture, they clapping. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. 
it airs, they spend $30 million in airing this wow. ad over the course of a month. And we sitting there every day in the office, we're going, oh, I can't, I can't believe this. Like, this <laughs> dude did not catch on. And I think they said it was dude who, um, like a dude from FedEx or somebody, they said, oh, UPS came in the office one day and, and somebody was talking to him. He was like, yo, I love that Uber commercial you're doing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, 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 let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell, let me tell you what's up. And he told them what's up and they pulled the commercial. Now, oh man. <laughs> he, here's to their, to their, you know, listen, I got an ego and I'd, I'd have felt crazy about it. So they fired everybody, obviously. Um, and every, and the people that remain like the, the, the head of the company, they did their analytics and they found out that the target market they were trying to hit, this was their best time ever the best year ever the african-american latino market yep. uh uh it increased 300 percent in their stores because everybody wow. thought they can get fubu at the gap so you drove so you drove they, traffic there by default they called us up we gave each other a big old sloppy wet kiss no tongue and they spent <laughs> another 30 million dollars re-airing that ad wow. that's wow well wow. yo that's an amazing story yeah, yeah it just goes to show you hard work pays off man and, and, and i always tell people the harder i work the luckier i get that's and it's right. about being at the right place at the right time. But if you everywhere, then one way or another, you're going to be at the right place at the right time. And that's one thing that I always remembered about FUBU. It was showing up in videos, showing up in, in movies, showing up in commercials, showing up in the neighborhood. You know, and, and that was the difference of the hustle than what it is now. I think like on these platforms and this sense of instant gratification, that's the difference of building, I would say, a name, number one, building the brand, number two. But then becoming culture number three, and that's yeah. what you, you did with Fubu, and and then taking it now and and clearly you've seen the show Shark Tank. Definitely. Well, funny story is a friend of mine that introduced me to Damon. His name is Teach, and Teach was a big part of of my career. One of the first managers in my career. And what up, Teach? Yeah, one time for Teach, one time <laughs> for House of Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House of Mac. Yeah, and um, when, when he introduced me to, to Damon, we we start talking in the whole nine, and it was about. Maybe, I would say, maybe a month or two months later, Damon's like, hey, we got this idea for this show called Shark Tank. I want to bring the producer to it just so you guys can meet. It wasn't about me being on it. It was more like, hey, what do you think about this idea, which right. I thought it was, it was genius, but I didn't think it, it was, was going to take off the way that it did. And now you guys have revolutionized not only television to a certain extent, but businesses and also the public on how they look at business, how they break down right. businesses. Because it's no longer about just a big number. Now people think percentages. Oh, what's the mm -hmm. percentage I can get off that business? So how, how was it that you got involved with Shark Tank? Or how did you even see the vision behind that when they pitched that to you? You know, I, I really got to be honest. I didn't I didn't know that I didn't see the vision behind it um, when I had uh, when they pitched me, I think. So but let me let me let me say how people can learn. So, yeah. so whether it was me creating hats to stand on the corner and sell and not creating thinking about a fool. Once I got to a certain point in my career. I believe that a lot of people needed to see who I was and not in a public state, but to understand who I was as a young dyslexic, you know, kid who came from nothing, who got left back in school, didn't go to college. And I wanted people to see that I didn't have money. I didn't have a famous last name. I do have a famous last name, but if I call Elton John to tell him I'm his son, <laughs> but I wanted people to see who I was. So I started writing books on, and being dyslexic is hard. I started writing books on, you know, my life and and how I, I created FUBU. And I started then going on really small networks and small stations just to want to share my story. And then Mark Burnett, the producer, 
was looking at like because they couldn't fit me on. I wasn't known as the I wasn't known as this dude right here. I, they were like, yeah, we got a slot at five forty five a.m. Right. I was just getting in from the club at five forty five a.m. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but they put me on, and then Mark Burnett, the right people, are, the right people are watching at the right times. Gotcha. You know, um, he was watching at five forty five a.m. and he was like, I like I like the way you know how to break down a pitch. I heard you have a bunch of clothing lines, so you like to invest. Um, I got a new show. It's already number one in Japan and Canada and other areas. You want to come on the show? And I was like, all right, no problem. Uh, I'll check it out. And then they said, well, you got to spend your own money. And I was like, click, click. That's it. I am. Um, I'm out. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, these pimps, these pimps in Hollywood are bad. I mean, I heard about not getting paid, but now I'm paid. Right. It was crazy. Sign me up. Um, and then, you know, like at that time I was doing all the product integration and, and basically well, for people who are watching, if somebody was watching something on a reality show or a TV show or video, that's how I really made it in my career. I was doing all that for three girls uh, that nobody knew of who was coming, uh, you know, who was opening a store called Dash named hmm. uh, the Kardashians. Look at that. Wow. Um, and I was doing this show for them and I was placing them in all, all the stuff. But I, I walked them all around town to like a lot of my boys. And I was like, yo, you got a gene line. It's, it's a huge gene line. For $75,000, I will have all three of these girls and their mother wear your brand for all these episodes. They were like, they'll never work. They'll never be anybody. So if you look, I said to the girls to save face, I said, yo, yo, wear my brand Kooji. So if you look at the first three episodes, uh, three three seasons, they're only wearing Kooji. And I had I was kind of working with them in representation. So I said to Mark Burnett, I said, yo, I I, I I got to go on this show for like three episodes. Uh, and they were like, well, you can't do any other show um, but ours. So I said, well, respectfully, I'm a businessman. I, you know, I got to pass. And then Chloe Kardashian found out that I was going to turn down Shark Tank because of her. And she fired me. <laughs> she said, she said, I never want to get in your way. And then wow, I called up Mark great, Burnett dude. and I was like, all right, I'll do the show. There you go. Look at that, man. See, a lot of people don't know about that story right there. And now you're going, what, on 12 seasons? Amazing. Now we're going on 12 seasons, five Emmys deep, and being able to invest in other people's dreams and see people smarter that. than me on that carpet who uh, who ain't going to let anybody in, in, the, in, in life stop them. As an entrepreneur, as a hustler, yes. it, that carpet don't care about your color, gender, sexual yep. preference, creed. Amen. It is the ultimate equalizer. It's very true. We're all in a strange place right now. You, maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's more to do than ever. To me, that's where I would say Postmate works its magic. Postmates is how you can get food delivered without leaving the house. Postmate, what it created is no-contact deliveries. So now when you order from your local restaurants, they'll leave it on your doorstep. What the app does, it lets you know, basically, boom, you're ready. <laughs> they also have a pickup option. So it's important that we support and uplift our communities right now. And you don't necessarily think about it like this, but a great way to do it is just ordering some food. But it's not just food. You can get whatever. And when I say whatever, it's whatever. You need from places like Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and Postmates will drop it off right outside your front door. Yes, that's right. That's called front door delivery service at its finest. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving everybody that listens to negative to positive $5 off your first five orders for your first seven days. To save $5 on your first five deliveries, download the app and use the code PITBULL. The code is PITBULL for $5 off your first five orders when you download the Postmates app or sign up online. The way I put it is anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. I have a question for you. Circling back to how you grew up, 
How did you not fall into the game and how did you have enough confidence and drive to stay in your lane against all odds? That's a good point. You know, I had a loving mother who loved me and, and showed me I had really good friends that even when they were doing bad, they said, don't hop in the car. And I did the math. I was five, seven. I was really, really cute. I didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't end up good. <laughs> I was keeping it 100. Oh, Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I did the math one day and I said, you know, an average drug dealer in my neighborhood, if they <laughs> they made an average of, let's say, $50,000 a year, um, you know, um, and you look over the course of 10 years, but uh, they're in and out of jail. So they really only are in and out of jail. And so they really only get six years in. Um, so they have approximately about, um, you know, $300,000, but then they have another $100,000 in lawyer's fees. And then they got two hundred thousand dollars. They got no medical, no coverage, no nothing, and they could potentially get shot. And they always got to look over their back. Um, you make more money working in McDonald's, so or Red Lobster. Wow. Yeah, so I said Red Lobster for, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't worth it for me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy that we have somebody in common, and you mentioned them earlier, which is Irv Gotti. And, yeah. And Irv Gotti, somebody that that changed my life. It was a t- first of all, it was the teacher that gave me the invitation to the video shoot at a DMX featuring Dragon Rough Riders video shoot in 98. And it was Irv Gotti that when I finished battling Dragon, he came up. He's like, hey, let me ask you something. You're the one. And mind you, I'm doing this very candidly because Irv is very animated. He's like, yo. <laughs> yeah, you know, Irv, Irv, yeah, Irv's like, yo, come here, man. Come here, man. You know? And he's like, you the, you the one causing all this ruckus up here? And he, man, I'm 17, 18 years old. And I said, yeah. He said, do you uh, you write music? I said, nah, I just, I just freestyle. He said, yeah, that freestyling shit is great, but it don't make no money. And that was the light bulb. Boom. And I said, man, I got to start writing music. So it was due to Irv that I started writing music. That's crazy. And then he gave me my first chance. He said, hey, if you make it up to New York, I promise you uh, a chance in the booth. You know, I had just started writing. And about a year later, I was hitting her, hitting her. I kept hitting him up and hitting him up. And finally, he said, if you make it up to New York, which I went up in a Greyhound. And I stayed, I stayed in that. Washington Heights, stayed on, on one of my dogs, you know, one of the floors, slept on his floor for about two weeks. They taught me how to take the train. Went to go see him in the studio where Jay-Z was recording uh, does I think it was Hard Knock Life 3, if I'm not mistaken, Volume 3, or Blueprint. That's what he was performing, I mean, recording. And Irv was working on the Murder, Inc. project with Ja Rule, Black Tie, Cat- no, Black and Cadillac, and Cadillac, Cadillac Tie. Cadillac Tie. Oh. And what was yeah. the girl's name? She was good, too. Um, Shanti? No, not, no, no, Shanti Wolf, no, the rapper. Yeah, um, Shanti knocked it out the park. Yeah, I forgot. She was girl. in Belly also. I forget her name right now. But either or, he, he, I walk in there, and Irv makes beats. He's a producer. Mm-hmm. He's the one that brought Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and DMX to Def Jam. Gotcha. Okay? So I go in there, Damon, and he says, uh, what's up? You like this beat? I said, yeah. He said, all right, go ahead, jump in the booth. Let me hear what, let me hear what you got. Let me tell you something, partner. <laughs> when I got in that booth, my mouth started chattering so hard. <laughs> I was I so was a hi-hat. I was so, it sounded like, <laughs> but like a down south hi-hat, you know, <laughs> one of those hi-hats. Yeah. Ah. I, my teeth were chattering so hard, I couldn't get the rhyme out. <laughs> I got Ja Rule in there, Jay-Z's in the other booth. I oh, said, man, my, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. my career's over with. Oh, yeah. And Nerd was basically saying, like, nah, you ain't ready yet, partner. And yeah. I wasn't, but I took it as a, man, you know, I got to be ready for these kind of opportunities. Yeah. And, and I wasn't. So next time Irv seen me, I was down at Luke's studio in Miami, and he heard me rapping in the booth that time. When I came out, he said, see, now you're ready. 
And and it's crazy how Irv was somebody that uh, took a lot of acts that maybe not too many people either believed in because of their backgrounds, a DMX, uh, a, a Jay-Z. And then Ja Rule had a different business deal with another record company, which became complicated, you know. But he took that, and when he took it over to Def Jam, he made Def Jam a half a billion dollars in 1999, if I'm not mistaken. Even And hip-hop was number one over country that year with all the records that they were putting out. So it just goes to show you between myself, Damon, and Irv. Well, I mean, Laz also. And Jennifer, you're on your way, bro. <laughs> you're on your way. I know you're on your way. It's all about going against the grain. And no matter what they tell you, just knowing that in the word impossible is, is possible. Definitely. You know? Now, another thing, since I'm reporting from Slam, and who would ever thought a, a kid that you know, didn't graduate from high school would be at his own school being able to talk to you? And I think it's a perfect time to bring up Black Entrepreneur Day. So what exactly does this embody, Damon? What is it you see? What's the vision? What's the goals? And, and how can we help, help in any way, shape, or form? Well, I mean, just mentioning it is great because, you know, we've seen what's going on in, in all the neighborhoods. And this is nothing new to any of us who grew up in the neighborhood. This is, happens to be just new to everybody else. And as they say, racism didn't yeah. just start. People are just filming it now. And um, yeah. a lot of us have a heightened attention or a heightened sensibility right now to what's going on. And and no matter where you are, you can make a change. And I said to myself, man, nobody's nobody's talking about black entrepreneurs. Day. So about three months ago, I just said, why don't I come up with something called Black Entrepreneurs Day? I realized nobody trademarked Black Entrepreneurs Day. I put it out. I called all my buddies, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm going to probably call you for the next year. I had on there Gabriel yes, Union, Shaq, D. Wade, and um, uh, Bob Johnson, and LL. And then also I got, like, Chase Bank and everybody's support. And I gave away a quarter million dollars of scholarship. Uh, um, wow. Grants to people and just highlighted people like 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 Shaq and D Wade and people who said, yo, here's where I did. Here's where I messed up in life. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I hate hearing everybody's, yep. you know, that story, this sizzle reel. Right. So we were sharing each other's bloopers reels um, from things. And, and it really went well. And we, we got, you know, the analytics is there. There's a lot of people that supported it. But I wanted more people like the people right there where you're at, you know, and in, in, in that school to see that you can actually make it, you know, and, yep. and and think outside the box. And that that's just it. And every single one of us can create a small change. You know, I love what you're doing with the charter schools. And I don't think a lot of people Thank know you. about the people who are in front of the cameras, what they're really doing in the back of the camera. This is negative to positive, And I know you're absorbing all the knowledge we're putting out there. Our mission is to educate, inform and also make sure you have a good time while we're doing it. And we're brought to you by State Farm. So keep in mind, when you're planning your future, they're going to get things right when it comes to insurance. Now, it's important to have a little extra change in your back pocket. So I'm taking a, a minute to remind everybody, State Farm has great service and surprisingly great rates. Check them out when you have a minute. They're going to get things done the right way. This podcast is all about elevating ourselves and changing from negative to positive. When we were looking for a partner for negative to positive, I came up with State Farm, and I want to tell you why. Three reasons. Number one. We're going to get knowledgeable agents. Number two, you're going to get great service and great rates. Tremenda sorpresa. And number three, you're going to get the real deal. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And number one, number two, and number three, that's everything that Pitbull embodies. <laughs> I'd advise highly that you check them out. You know what it is. Yeah, and, and like you say about the sizzle reel, and most of the sizzle out there is all sizzle, no steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be honest with you, and, and as far as that, Damon, you could definitely count on me. You got to let me know, obviously, what you're thinking about uh, next year. And where did you pull it off this year? Was it was it through? Yeah, Zoom it was all online. You online? know, we got okay. eight million views, and we got two point five billion um, impressions, uh, media impressions. Wow. So you know, just the way, that, just to put the awareness out there, man. You know, and 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 it's a good thing. And and then you you were gracious enough to be in my last my last book that also became a a, a New York 
time bestseller book, yeah. Power Shift, to tell people how during these times, you know, and, and, you know, you and I did that interview a year ago. And then all of a sudden, you know, when it dropped, it dropped in March, right? As soon as COVID dropped about Ooh. people having to shift, right? Yep. But it wasn't that I foresee, I couldn't foresee that COVID was happening. But reality is there's two type of ways to think about this world. The world either happened to you or you happened to the world. Ooh. And ever since, ever since the Declaration of Independence was signed, there's been 47 major events that has happened in the world, whether it's world wars, Spanish flu, dot-com bubble crashes, planes crashing into buildings, coronavirus. Listen, five years from now or maybe two years from now, aliens are going to come down and treat us like stone crabs and eat all our left legs and let us run around on our right. Oh, they don't want my Something left leg. <laughs> I, I think you got the best left leg. They're coming for you first. Alone. I'm, they're like, hey, no. <laughs> You're going to be like that little kid in the movie Z. Remember with Brad Pitt? That all the zombies ran right by him? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong with my leg? Why don't you like this one? <laughs> so something that happened, how, how are you going to be paid? Listen, you can only control what you can control. Yo, yes. And you can't, and, and that's what, that's what Pitt and all of us are talking about right here. We, you know, Laz and Jen, like, we, none of us was gifted anything, man, and we had to just do it, and we're, we're in control of our destiny, and the kids got to know that. Don't, don't let all these other people tell you different. Now, and especially in this society where I, I just break down two words and, and you're right as far as it's all about how you pivot, reinvent, rechallenge yourself. Yes. And it's survival of the fittest. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And clearly that's what we're living now, but we've lived it our whole life. You know, they call this a pandemic. We grew up in an epidemic. It was right. a cocaine, AIDS, crack, heroin epidemic that, that we were growing up in, which always taught us how to pivot. And it created that intuition that you were talking about earlier as far as, and, you know, it's good that some of your dogs that would tell you, now, nah, you know what? Don't get, get in this car. car. Yeah. Right. Get out the car right now. This, this one ain't for you. Because uh-huh. they believed yeah. in you and they knew that at any time in one of those cars, you're looking at 10 to 15 years, 25 to life, depending on, you know, how dirty people are riding or what they're about to get into. Yep. Now, as, as far as the, today's society, as they live, they say with social media is the socializing, what reality TV is the reality. So, therefore... You don't have really kids that are that are doing this anymore, having this conversation. Look at look at each other in the eyes, give each other a firm handshake. Well, I know nobody's giving handshakes right mm-hmm. now, but <laughs> <laughs> but where I'm going with it is they live by these two words. It's followers and likes. And I tell them, man, hey, you don't want to be a follower, and who cares if they like you or not? What you want to be is a leader and unique. <laughs> Leaders make a difference. Leaders are the ones that take risks. And my my teacher, Hope Martinez, who changed my life, and you'll hear me always talking about it. It's the truth. She told me the biggest risk you take. It's not taking one. So in these times, you got to be ready to take risk. You got to be ready to uh, feel uncomfortable because that's what makes you create uh, solutions. You know, I've always said an oppressed mind is a creative mind. When you put somebody and you just keep choking them, you keep choking them and the system's against them. Somehow, some way they figure out and they create their own system, which is controlling your own destiny with what Damon's talking about. So to all the kids out there that are listening and to everybody out there that thinks that instant gratification exists, I'm going to say it again and I'll continue to say it. It does not mother exist. Nope. Just like perfect doesn't exist. Imperfection is what, if you put that word and you, and you space it out, what is it? It's imperfection. So you got to own your, you got to own your life, got to own your story. And got to own the ride, bottom line, especially with what's going on right now. And like you said, it, you know, we could call it a pandemic, scandemic, pandemic, whatever, but may or may not be. We won't know the truth till three to five years from now when everybody figures out there's like, oh, wow, that was real. Or we all fell for the <laughs> yoke <yucky> dope, <laughs> you know, and I just I don't understand as people continue to 
follow the rules and regulations, the numbers just keep spiking. So I just, I don't, you know, usually when I tell you to do something, it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, that's a whole nother story, whole nother conversation. But Damon, with that said, and, and the books that you've put out and Shark Tank and what you've been involved in, FUBU, how you took that and, and made it culture. What do you see now? What are you looking at right now? I know we've done speaking engagements together, which is, a, I love that world, by the way. I really do. I love to speak yeah. to people that are hungry, ready to, because, yeah. you know, it, it, me doing a concert, you got about at least 25% of them out there hating. They ain't even want to show up that night. Man, why am I going to come check out Pitbull? I don't want to see no, <laughs> no rapper. In a they bought a ticket. Or these, yeah, either that or they got, you know, they got somebody that brought them with them, or the girl <laughs> wanted to go, they didn't want to go. Perfect. Then they become a fan. Oh, you already know. That's you the already best. know. That's the lick. <laughs> But they, half of them, they're hating. And, and mind you, if nobody's hating, that means you ain't doing nothing right. Bingo. I'm all about that. But when you had a speaking engagement where people are in there hungry for knowledge, hungry for jewels, hungry for gems, hungry to make their life better, it's a whole different environment and ambiance. So how, how did you start getting into the speaking engagements, Damon? Well, it initiated with, with the fact that, I listen, I started writing the books and then Shark Tank happened to come after that. But I, I knew that you know, my version of paying it forward and God's gift to me was the fact that I can be humble and be vulnerable and show people that you don't need to be this kind of person. And I wanted to inspire people. And I felt that as a student of life, when I, a lot of stuff that I went out there and read or looked at, I felt intimidated. The books were too, too, you know, the words are too big, the, the whatever the case was, not meaning that those people didn't want to enrich your life. But who is going to ever talk to you like you and I? Like all three of us are talking, all four of us are That's talking. Right. Like like we sitting we sitting on the step. You know, you passed the forty over here. I got the pork rinds. You know, so but let me tell you something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and and that's what I wanted to see. And you know what? I was gifted the fact of being on a show that all colors and all genders like me. So it wasn't only me talking to one. It was me being able to talk to rainbow people and as well as seeing them relate to me, a black male, to say. Hey, you know, like your music does the same. It, 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 it shows we have more in common than we have apart. And when you start yes. to educate people simultaneously on, you know, emotional intelligence, racial intelligence and various other things as well as inspiration, you just create a better play. And it feels good. Now, honestly, I'll be very honest, man. If when I come back, I want to be, you know, in shape with a lot of three or four girls on stage, talk two different languages and be able to get like, cool, <laughs> I want to do that. (laughs) You know, but for the moment, I'm really happy where I'm at. Uh, But it's great to see an audience. You know better than I do, man, to see that you made somebody's day or night and you took them out of their, um, whatever their challenges were for just that moment. You know what I mean? And, you know, and and you see that you do that. And then you you see them down the road. They write you or they text you or they see them. They'd be like, yo, I was in a place, man. You took me away for a minute or you changed my life. That is the most rewarding thing in the world to know yes, that you, you've been able to do that to people. And, that, and that's what I like, you know? That, that to me, is, it's, it's all about that moment. You know, like what you were saying, and Irv changed my life in a moment. Uh, Hope Martinez changed my life in, in a moment. And to see that, yes, it is priceless. And, and even like when I'm, you know, it's gotten to the point in the school when they see me, they're just like, oh, they go pit. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they go pit. They, he's going to say the same thing over again. We get it, we get it. And, but to be able to look in their eyes and, and being able to understand their story without even having to have that conversation and know what they're going through at the crib or in the neighborhood, uh, one way or another, and to give them a place, number one, where they can, where we believe in them and give them opportunity for the future. 
It's the same way I feel when I'm in the speaking engagements and looking out in that stage. You're seeing people out there just hungry. Like, I know you're going to say something that's going to change my life. And one of the things that Pac says, and I always repeat it, he said, um, I'm not the mind that's going to change the world, but I am the mind that's going to spark the mind that's going to change the world. And that's the same way I feel about everything that we do. And any platform that we could get on and share our stories, I go back to, especially in these times, especially in this society, especially the way things are, are, are going, driven, slash, controlled. And I say it. Phone gets smarter, car gets smarter, TV gets smarter, speaker gets smarter, we get dumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we got to do is always be ahead of the game, ahead of the curve, ahead of the eight ball. And the more people we put on the game, because as as it is, um, like dope money, what comes quick leaves quicker, right? That ain't that ain't our game. That's not Damon game. That's not our game. It's about a slow, but a for show, mm-hmm. a for show, a for show, and a for shizzle. <laughs> But I, Pat, I want people to also realize one thing because they think when you get to a certain level in life, you stop learning. I think there's some of the great never. things about when we go up on those stages is we're interviewed by people, we get amazing people around, and we're still learning simultaneously while we're teaching. Um, yeah. And I think that that is also inspirational. And I want people to all know that, that like life is a series of lessons, a series of mentors, and a series of accidents. And you learn <laughs> that stuff that. when you're on stages, you know? You got to say that one more time. Damon, how does it go again? A series life of- is a series of lessons, a series of mentors, and a series, series of, of accidents. accidents. Oh, man. Yeah, failure is the mother of all success. It's not easy. To, you know, I, I definitely know it's not easy when you're prioritizing yourself. There we go. I got it. When there's a lot on your plate. So investing in your mental health has a long-term benefit. And with Talkspace, it, it can actually be affordable. With Talkspace Online Therapy, it'll connect you with a licensed therapist for a fraction of the price of in-person therapy. Get matched with your perfect therapist from the comfort of your device and reach out 24-7 whenever there's something on your mind. Best of all, an entire month of Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person session. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. The bottom line is that we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month of Talkspace, and that'll match you with your perfect therapist. Go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code PITBULL to get $100 off. That's right. Make sure to use the code PITBULL, P-I-T-B-U-L-L, to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's P-I-T-B-U-L-L and Talkspace.com. Question. <laughs> as, as a student of life, what has been your biggest lesson? Well, there's been two or three lessons, but one is, you know, the old saying, you know, money is a great uh, slave, but a horrible master. And we learned growing up in the hood that a lot wow. of people have fell to believing that the only thing that they uh, that defines them is money. Um, also, going back to money is learning financial intelligence. Mm. Um, the kids right now in school, uh, you know, uh, a lot of schools, some schools do teach financial intelligence, but um, schools need to find, teach financial intelligence the way they're teaching shop. I'm not sure Definitely. if you and I, J- Jennifer, are ever going to need to ever build a birdhouse, but we're probably going to need to balance a checkbook, whether it's a company yep. or at the house. Definitely. And, uh, you know, um, you know, that's you need to know how numbers work. Um, and, I, and I think those are the two things that, that that have really been the bigger lesson I learned, you know, because money makes the world go around. But it's not how much you you make. It's how much you retain. Um, Tony Robbins, a good friend of uh, Pitts and I, tells a story about a man who grew up uh, as a a, a, who was born, um, just got out of slavery. The the highest paying job he ever had was thirty thousand dollars in about in the 70s as a UPS worker. But he retired and left 70 million dollars. 
um, to wow. to his family because of the way he understood how financial intelligence would work. If you wow. would have bought in the year 2000, $20,000 worth of Apple stock, you would be a billionaire right now. So, Miss you know, <laughs> so there's a lot of things. And I, so I don't want to even pick and I to tell you, yo, you got to go out and hustle and be an entrepreneur. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'll tell you what to do. Learn how the stock market works. Put your money over there and invest in other brilliant minds because they ain't going to take Steve Jobs ass and dust him off and ask you any questions or any any way to solve Apple or invest in Elon Musk or some of these brilliant people. So there's so many ways to get your hustle on as long as you educate yourself on how you're going to do it. Yep, absolutely. Hey, but with that, well, Demi, you know what? One more question because you mentioned that, that you were dyslexic. And I have some loved ones that are happen to be dyslexic, and I, I was breaking it down to them like, no, nah, that means that you're you're very special because a dyslexic mind is a very powerful mind. And if you look at the folks that are dyslexic, are very very successful in in the world as far as I mean, you have off the top of my mind uh, Steven Spielberg, yourself. But there's a line that you guys could look up. So how was it that you number one figured that out, and then number two overcame it? So I agree with you, and, and a lot of people don't know eight of the ten, eight of the twelve sharks are dyslexic. Uh, me, oh, wow. uh, me, Kevin O'Leary, Barbara, Richard Branson, Rohan Oza, and I forgot the other three. I think Chris Sack and various other things. Um, I really didn't know I was dyslexic until I was more as an adult. Um, uh, you know, because when two way pages came out and I started uh, hitting people, they were like, "Yo, yeah, man." <laughs> 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 you know what's going on here because when i wrote my mother a card you know when i let her when i called she she loved me she was my mother right when the teacher answered something i wrote her it was an f on it when i wrote a girlfriend a love letter she left me so i didn't know what was going on but when i started publicly emailing in, in two way cats was like hey y'all homie the word is cat there's no, cat like that. there's no there's no e at the end of cat so um that's that's how i learned it but i was so confident with myself but you know i'm gonna I'm tell you something because if any parents are watching especially if kids are watching absolutely two, cha- two challenges when with dyslexia you know there's a lot of brilliant people there but there are also a lot of brilliant people uh that are dyslexic that are incarcerated seven seven presidents were dyslexic 85 percent of professional chefs are dyslexic and einstein was dyslexic wow. it's a new form yeah. it's a different form of learning because Generally, hieroglyphics and the human race has studied that. But if you're in second or third grade and you're dyslexic or you have a lack of hearing, you don't want to go, huh? Because what happens is, of course, kids are kids and sometimes they may say, oh, you yeah, got whatever the case is. But you live in the hood. You don't have resources around you and you brilliant. You could, The cats are going to be like, yo, I don't care if you know how to read or write or you good. Come over here and help me make some money on this corner. I got some money for you. So for the parents out there, if you think a kid is dyslexic because there's no drug like ADHD or ADD, uh, uh, you know, a drug that can address it so they can advertise to obviously get you help. And the only way you can cure dyslexia or not cure it, adjust it, is for the kid to learn, learn a different way and educate and and work harder. Uh, Make sure you make sure you understand, you know, that that is just something that we should address. But. It's also a gift because every book I read, I had to read it five times to make sure I, I absorbed everything. And if I didn't absorb it, if I could do it, I'd go out and try to do it. You know, it's crazy, Chico, is you, you, you say that all the time. You know what I'm saying? When it, there's no such thing as dumb. It's just kids learn differently. We all, yeah, we all learn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that happened to me on the radio. I would have to read a script on the air to cut a commercial four or five times before I could actually do it and perfect it. So uh, there's a lot of people out there, and I'm glad you guys touched on this because I guarantee you there are people watching this Mm -hmm. podcast right now going, 
oh, oh. my God, that's me, or that's really? Pepito, or that's such and such. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is truly from a negative to a positive. Because <laughs> I'm just think about yeah. it. People are watching this going, oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, when you, it's when you own what you got going on, figure it out, and don't look at it like it's some kind of problem. Like I tell people all the time, there's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities, and there's no problems, just solutions. So once you make it a solution and you own it, it's like, yeah, I'm dyslexic, man. Look what I got going on. They're going, oh, yeah. oh, my bad. Okay. It's when you yeah, let once people you tell, come and down also, on you. Once you tell people, once you tell people and you're a little vulnerable about what's going on, yo, I'm so forth and so on, the cats that want to mess with you, mess with you. You know, you be like, yeah. yo, listen, here's what's going on in my life. I'm busting my butt, but so forth and going on. And, and I'm going to tell everybody right now, everybody got a pass right now because of COVID. Yeah. Everybody got a pass. So if last year you was like, man, I don't want to tell people about my failure because they're doing so well. Yeah, exactly. everybody gives you a pass right now. Listen, I'm doing really great. I'm down from from five panic attacks to two. I'm doing seven thirty five <laughs> in the morning, eight thirty five at night. Everybody got a pass right now. Yeah. Hey, well, Damon, man, I don't want to take up more of your time. I want to tell you, man, thank you so much. Congratulations. Yes, you thank can you. definitely count on me for a Black Entrepreneur Day and anything My that brother. you need. We're going to keep it thank going. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate thank you, you for sure. Thank you, Damon. So with that said, man, stay safe, stay blessed. And keep knocking out the park, Papito. I'm always proud of you, man. Thank you, All right? Thank you brother. Dolly. Love you. Yeah! Love you right back, man. Dolly! Tell <laughs> your chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. This is how you take your life from a negative to a positive. Subscribe today. Check out the podcast. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. <laughs>